All right, well, good morning. Assuming it is the morning for you, it is for us. I uh, hope that you already had a good breakfast or dinner or lunch, <laughs> wherever you are. Stay fed, that's important. Welcome to These Nails Have No Reverse. This is Carlo speaking. I'm here with Eric. Hello, I'm here. We have been talking about deception. We have been talking about how Adam and Eve were deceived in the garden and, and the consequences that that had in our lives. So thank you for being here. Today we're going to be talking about this the, along the same lines, uh, but just the lies that the devil has put in front of us and, and how he's done it from the beginning and he's still doing it. That's has it has worked out for him mm -hmm. very very nicely yeah you know i uh not that i should give him any credit by all means but the fact is he's been successful people as included have been deceived people are being deceived uh by these lies so we're gonna get into that we're gonna be talking about that uh so if you have any any questions, any comments, just please leave them there. Uh, you might not agree with everything that we say. Again, this is just the things that we have been learning from reading our Bible, from studying it. Um, so let's dig in. Uh, the the best lies the devil has. And this this we need to note. This is this is for those who are in that are that would refer to themselves as religious okay but are not have not accepted the true gospel this is what we're kind of focusing on because you know we know the devil deceives christians mm -hmm. and we know that mainly he uses uh to deceive a christian i believe he uses because the world's broken into three categories i believe he uses less of the eyes less of the flesh so everything we want to see and everything we want to do is mainly where he deceives Christians. And really it distracts us from having a relationship because the one goal the devil had in the garden and the one thing he accomplished in the garden by deceiving Eve was that he broke the fellowship Eve had, even Adam and Eve had with God because he was walking with them and then they were removed from the garden. So the devil attacks us, deceives us, with the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, I believe, because the last of the three is a pride of life. That's a reference to <clears throat> First John. The the, the world, uh, the the things of this the things world. of this world, right? Yeah. First um, John two fifteen. Do not love the world or the things in this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh. Here we go. The desires of the eyes and the pride of life or if you are a king james lover like my friend eric here <laughs> nothing wrong with that <laughs> we can still hang out yeah right that's right <laughs> not i mean there's a lot wrong that you can we can get into that <laughs> but that's not the point it's not a deal breaker for sure okay so the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life that is not of the Father, but it's of the world. Yes. And, and we can see this reflected in the first temptation there with, with 
Oh yeah, it's completely reflected, almost verbatim, as she says, it was pleasing to the eyes, and then it says even uh, something to make one wise. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, she, it hit all three buttons. Mm-hmm. He pushed all three buttons with Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said he'd be like God, which is the pride of life. So I think, from reading the Bible and studying, it makes sense to me that when it comes to those who are religious, I believe they're deceived Mainly in the th- the third one, mm-hmm. being the pride of life. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the devil really gets people when it comes to a religious system, and it makes so much sense to me because it's who they are. Like they're in they they they're deceived by the idea that we're talking about. They're deceived into thinking they can be a good person. Mm-hmm. That's a major deception. That's you know. But there's a lot of religious people out there that think. They are good. We can't be good. So, right. I mean, this idea that there's someone that can be good is is definitely of the devil, um, because our definition of good is doesn't is is irrelevant, because God's the one that defines good, and we cannot be good. And the Bible clearly says this: no one is good. That's that the verse that I pulled up. It couldn't be more clear. Um, in Romans, mm-hmm. Romans three eleven and twelve, there is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together becometh become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. So there is no one that can do good. Mm-hmm. But, so is, is that I'm an even heaven, you think? I think so. They walked with, they had fellowship with God at one point. I, I, I think so. But it's, that's toughy. That's, that's a good, that's a good, good question. One of those people worth digging into a little more. I, I well, don't know. We can give you a sneak preview, I think. It says that, uh, after they had the conversation and they had sinned and they said we're, we were naked and then he starts doing the the uh, curses curses yep. uh, to men to women to the, the snake or the devil and to the earth um, let's see I'm in uh, three at the end uh, here it is. On to Adam. Uh, and Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. On to Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. Clothed them. Clothed them. Thank you. Um, so he dressed them. God yeah. himself dressed them. Yeah. And... It doesn't show that they deny that. You know, Adam and Eve let God yeah. dress them yep. from their shame, mm-hmm. cover them from their shame. He, God also didn't say, okay, you you cover yourself with the fig leaves, the fig tree leaves, just you're fine. Like, no, that's that's you trying to fix yourself. Let me fix you. Yeah. 
And where did this skin came from? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's a whole other topic. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, he... Sacrificed? Uh, he probably sacrificed, or if not, is the symbol of a sacrifice. Yeah, right. It has a register. Yeah. It, or, it, it's not recorded that right. he did that, but, you know... Easily assume that he right. did. Because right. where else would it have... Yeah. So there has to be a sacrifice for us to be dressed by God. Yeah. And he, and he did that himself. Um, so, which again, is, it's not explicit there, and we can look at other verses that talks about Adam and Eve, um, but I I do believe that they are in heaven. They yeah. trusted in, in God. They That didn't remove the consequences of sin, which is an interesting little yeah, bit there. Right. They were still kicked out of Eden, um, but they did have to trust in, in God. Um, so, yeah, and he obviously showed his love for him and the fact that he clothed them. Mm -hmm. I had a pastor that I followed for a long time, and I, the only time I ever saw him cry when he was preaching was when he said those that when he read that verse. Mm. Yeah, I thought that was amazing. Mm -hmm. Of all the verses he read throughout the whole Bible, and I listened to him, the one time he cried was when he read that God clothed them. Because yeah. he realized, he really understood the significance of that and how much God loved them mm -hmm. and the compassion that God had for them to have clothed them mm -hmm. himself. Like you said, he did that. Mm -hmm. all, all of it. And and that's all they really needed. They they God didn't require from them to behave in a certain way. God didn't ask them to. Uh, I mean, it was all already a mess. You know, they had already broken God's trust. Right. So they needed to be kicked out of there. Um, but we can see that salvation all that it required was God's intervention it didn't require it required zero from Adam and Eve yeah it was God clothing them yeah right absolutely so where do we get this idea that I need to be a good person well I mean I believe that we have to remember the name of the tree the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And people, now that they have that knowledge of good and evil, they've created the idea that they can be good from that tree, I believe. Because there's a very good reason why God didn't want them to eat that fruit. And it wasn't just because he said not to. There has to be significance to the name of the tree and the effects of the fruit that they ate from the tree. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's mainly where it came from. And devil... The devil knows that if he pushes the three buttons, one of those three buttons, and that's the, back to the simple, the simplicity, and God is simple even though it's not easy, it can all be traced back to three categories, and if the devil waves, waves one of those in front of us, he knows that it's something we already want, mm -hmm. and pride of life is a big one, and that's what he uses to kind of get people to believe that they can be good, of any kind of, of good. 
and be accepted by God in their own by their own works. Well, if you keep if we stay there in Genesis, you see right away Abel and Cain. And and Abel it again, there are a lot of things that it doesn't show in the passage. Uh, but you know, we can we can uh, understand what is going on. Uh, Abel being a shepherd, Cain being a uh, what is it, farmer? Yeah. Um, and Abel offering sacrifices to to God. So where did they get this idea of, of sacrifices? We don't know. It doesn't say. Right. Um, we do know that God requires sacrifices. Uh, but it goes all the way back to Abel and Cain. And, and then Cain offering his own offering of veggies. Yeah, right. The fruit of... The veggie platter. Yeah. And he sees uh, uh, Abel's uh, offering as good but not Cain's, and he gets upset. So why? Why does he favors one over the other one? Well, because God has certain things in place when it comes to our relationship with him, and the sacrifice that was favor, in, um, that, that he accepted was the one of Abel, because that's how and you go, you go then to, to Exodus and, and Leviticus, and you see extensively all the rules that he gave them for sacrifices. Yeah. Which you think that, you think it's so complicated. But then you think about it, that's why Jesus had to come to make it simple. Yeah. He simplified all of that. All of those rules were fulfilled in Jesus being the perfect sacrifice. And that's why we don't need to do more sacrifices anymore. Yeah. Because he died once and forever. Right. And and for all. And there is no need. You know, you go to Hebrews, there's no need for sacrifices anymore. But Cain didn't see it that way. Well, it's that Cain's a picture of, the, of religion. Perfect right? picture. He was doing... Something that he thought was good, mm-hmm. and Abel nice. Abel was doing something that he knew was good. You know, his sacrifice had more value, and he was doing something from his heart. And Cain was trying to produce goodness of his own, mm-hmm. his, by his own works and through his own ideas. And again, like you said, it, you can't gather the whole story in there, but you can you can definitely learn. And I think everything in the Old Testament is a picture mm-hmm. of the new. Mm-hmm. So. It's it's the epitome of religion. The first the first you know story or picture of religion in the Bible is is there. It's right there. And what did he do? He killed. <laughs> he got so upset. And is that ironic? Because we just said in the last well the we we talked about that the religious killed Jesus. Yeah. And that's what this was, right? Yeah. The religious person uh-huh. put to death the one 
who was a servant, mm-hmm. you know, because the ha- there's hatred there, obviously, mm-hmm. you know. So what is religion? It's man's it's man's ability or attempt to be good. I think it's man's attempt to be either good or you could even take it a step further and say that it's a man trying to be like God. It's man's way to get to God. To to be like God, I think. And to be like God. An attempt to be, yeah, to get to Him. Yes, it's their attempt in their own strength. Mm-hmm. It's the idea that they can earn their way, really, and it comes in a lot of forms. But I think it's their attempt to earn their way to heaven. But also uh, uh, connected to that, or even replacing that in some religions, I think that it's actually their attempt to be like God them, themselves, mm-hmm. to be their own God. And the, and that perfectly falls into the third category of pride of life, mm-hmm. because Satan fell and said, "I will be like the Most High." The I wills in Isaiah of Satan, Lucifer, one of them, I will be like the Most High. I will ascend upon the mount of the congregation. To me, that sounds like someone who wants a stage, someone who wants to preach to a congregation. It says congregation. And I will be like, you know, because no, Satan and nobody else is ever going to try to conquer God. But they, the, the goal, the desire in the pride that we have, that man has, is to be like God. And unfortunately, a lot of people have a greater desire to be like God than to know God. And you have to choose, because I believe those two fruits are offered to each person. I believe we're offered the fruit from God himself, from the tree of life, the cross, saying, this this is, this is will give you a relationship with me. And I believe the devil is offering his own fruit, just like he did Eve. Again, simple, but takes a while to grasp, but just the same as he gave you fruit and said, you will be like God. Mm-hmm. And she, that hit the pride of life, to be like God. And religion hits the pride of life because people want to be like God. It actually throws a whole different twist on sayings that we've heard our whole life um, because people try to, you know, they'll say, uh, be Christ-like. Well, we can't be Christ-like, but we can surrender and allow Christ to work through us and therefore become like Christ because it's Him working through us. But there's people that are trying to be like Him, literally. Hmm. And, uh, you know, what would Jesus do? Well, Jesus would do something different than any human being on the planet would do. And we can't do what Jesus would do. All we can do is surrender and understand the true gospel, that we're nothing, that we have no good, that we cannot do good, and surrender our life and allow him to do good through us because we can't do anything. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's another connecting verse to this whole idea that someone can be good. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I think religion is man's attempt to either be like God or to become accepted by God through their own strength. And, by, and, and pride is connected. You know, We're talking about how that category is the pride of life. Well, that's very fitting because the religious people of the world, those who have not put their faith in Jesus, are the epitome of pride. They're labeled by pride because they walk in pride, because they think that they're better than the person standing beside them or the person down the street or the person in the pew 
or the person in the bar, they think they're better, right? Because they believe they're good. And if you believe you're good, then obviously you also believe that some people are bad. And if you believe some people are bad and you think you're good, then you have pride. Even though we all struggle with pride, religious people have, have a much greater struggle, or pride is very prevalent because they're producing goodness in their own strength, or at least they think they are. Uh, we think we are. Yeah, yeah right. We can't. We cannot. We just, we just read in Romans, there's no one that does good. There's no one. So, um, the only way that we can do anything good is just through Jesus. And then it's not us doing it, but it's Jesus in us doing it. Yes. And I do think because of that pride, we have a hard time giving the credit to Jesus, letting him do the things. It's like, oh, but what about me? You know, and, and in culture, especially right now, um, it, it's, we think, we believe that we are the protagonist of our life, of our movie. Right. Quote, unquote. Um, and, and I think we, I mentioned this, there is n nothing about this life that we have any, uh, it's, it's all him, is what I'm trying to say. Everything good, anything good that is in this world is because of him, because yeah. of Jesus. Yes. And anything good in us is because of him. Anything good in us is yeah. because of him. Yeah. But we don't like that because it's like, well, what about me? Yeah. Well, what about you? You're nothing. <laughs> why, why do you... Um, you know, I, I've heard talks and it has talks that have nothing to do necessarily with the Bible, but people talk about uh, history and they said... I have never ever seen this in my life. I'm 45 years old and I have never seen anything like this in my life. And it's like, are you listening to yourself? 45 years old. <laughs> and if yeah. you think that that is a good, solid amount of time, 45. which, okay, yeah, you probably learn a lot, studied a lot, know a lot, but there is, we are nothing. Our, our time in this world... Like a vapor. Yes. Yeah. Is nothing. And we think that we are. And and he's like, no, man, the, the, the more I study the Bible, the more I know that I know nothing, but then that I'm nothing. And that I don't deserve anything good. Yeah. I mean, I deserve the punishment for my... Yeah. Iniquities for my sin. And again, I don't like to use uh, what are those called? Christianisms? Yeah, that sounds right. And I think that sin has been becoming this uh, cliche word anymore um, that, that we throw out there and then people already have a baggage of preconceived ideas and feelings 
against this word, and that's why a lot of churches don't talk about sin. Um, uh, you know, the Bible calls it sin. But, you know, when you, when you stop and think about it, sin is just anything that goes against God. And, and, yeah, and think about, like, what does religion do with sin? They, they give it degrees. Yeah, and, they and that is it. not, I mean, that is not. No. In the Bible, talk about God not being the author of confusion. Mm. How do they, where are they getting their list of the sins that are no, right. that are like off limits and the ones that are okay? Because I've heard it said, like, so, you know, if they develop a list and they say these are the major sins, uh, eating fruit, food isn't on their, that list, right? Because no. no one can stay on a diet for more than three months. Right. So, I mean, surely we're not going to add the idea of eating certain food as a major sin. But yet, that's the one that cast Adam and Eve out of the garden. Mm-hmm. So, where is this idea that there's degrees to sin? And, that, and, and I've heard it said, so that if, the, if the greatest, and we know, the greatest commandment is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm-hmm. And if that's the greatest commandment, then how is that not the greatest sin not to? Right. But no, not for us. As long as we don't murder or commit adultery, mm-hmm. or for some people drink alcohol, mm-hmm. or smoke cigarettes, mm-hmm. or you know, use the Lord's name in vain, and 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 I, I know they know good and well they're not loving God with all of their heart, soul, mind, strength, mm-hmm. but they they're good in their own eyes because they don't do these the list of major sins mm-hmm. that they you know that's what religion does to create a system where they can believe falsely that they're good mm-hmm. it's because of what they don't do and it's in their own they've developed that in their own because of the knowledge of the good and evil mm-hmm. and you, you think um, going back to, to Cain he was doing what was right in his own eyes and he was appalled when God told him, no, that's not the way. Yeah. And instead of, uh, instead of correcting his attitude and, and right. what he was doing. Reacting with humility. Yeah. Yeah. He went like, no. <laughs> yeah. This is how I'm doing it. Yep. And not only that. Like you said, he killed his his brother. But I think in in many cases, in many ways, that's how we react when when we are told that we're wrong. Because we let it get to our pride. Yeah. Right. I agree with that. And and there is there's pride in every sin, I believe. No matter what the sin is. There is pride in it. And, and again, if, if we define sin as going against God and what God has established, then who, who, if you're going against somebody, you're going for somebody else. Yeah. So who are you going for? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to kill somebody for my neighbor. Yeah. Right? Right. Uh, it's either 
because I'm getting out of it, something out of it, or because I had something against that person. Right. So it all starts again with me. Yeah. Um, so I think that is an important thing to identify when I am doing things, especially when we talk about religion and spirituality, the things that we do, what, what are, we need to stop and think, what is motivating this? Yeah. What is behind me going and helping at a food shelter or, right. or uh, I don't know, whatever good things. I, I think there is a lot of, of uh, charity and activism out there that people are doing. What is motivating it? Is yeah. it a true desire to do God's will? And it's manifesting in that. That's what God has put you in. Or is it just your own desire to feel good? Yeah. Right. Um, I, I hear it in, in interviews um, and celebrities that they they tell them, we saw you that you did, you went and did or donated or helped. And, uh, and they talk about it and... And at the end, many, many times I've heard people say, and it just makes you feel good. Yeah. And it's like, ah. Yeah. All right, there it is. There it is. Yeah. That's why you did it. Yeah, you feel good and emotion. Yeah. Which we know that, how far emotion goes. It's a grain of salt. Like the way we feel, it doesn't really matter. Just because we feel good doesn't mean we are good. Those are different worlds, especially... We can feel good, and God can look at us and know that we're not good. Mm-hmm. You know, those those things can both exist together. Mm-hmm. And you're right; you're absolutely right. They do a lot of those things, and they deceive themselves into like that feeling of "I'm good." Right? I did good. I mean, first of all, if it comes from God, I don't think that you would be out there putting yourself out there to talk about what you just did. Right? You shouldn't, anyways. Yeah. Because there's no point in that. Right. If it's coming from God. Also, um, you've received your reward. You receive your reward. Yeah. That's, right? Yep. And, and you think of Jesus and you think, um, and again, I, I told you I've been watching the, the Chosen yeah. show. Uh, at some point, the disciples, they're asking themselves, why does he not want to Tell everyone, look yeah. at what we, what I've done. Yeah, right. Why is he telling them to be quiet? Doesn't he want people to know? Yeah. And he's like, no, he he did it. That's not what he came for. He right. didn't come. He, in many ways, he was bothered by the multitudes. Uh, in in the sense that many of them were there just for the show, just to see what it's. It wasn't yep. that they wanted to be with him. Yep. And, and I think, you know, that takes me to, to Mary and Martha and Mary being sitting there at, at Jesus' feet and Martha being all concerned about getting things ready and, and prepared and, and then coming to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, aren't you going to tell her to come and help me? Yeah. It's like, no, she wants to be with the master. Yeah. And that's a great thing. Yep. And there's going to be time 
to do those things. But this time it's, it's here for us. Um, and you know, there's the whole Martha, Martha. That's just great. Jesus just saying Martha, Martha. You can see the humor in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do believe that Jesus was a fun guy to hang around. Regardless of all of it, regardless that he was God, or he is God, yeah, you know, just as a as a man, as a as a dude, yeah, oh sure, uh, it would probably have been fun. Yeah, I agree. Scary, sure. <laughs> intimidating, <laughs> definitely, but fun. So yeah. Um. Anyway. Don't go away. We're not running out of things to say. We have plenty of things. <laughs> um, so then talking about sin, how is sin forgiven? Yes. Forgiven. Sorry. So this this is going to connect very well to the, we've, we're, we're in Genesis. Mm-hmm. So there's, I was, I was thinking of this, you know how there's that program or that uh, uh, whole deal called Answers in Genesis? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, like, there really is a lot of answers in Genesis. Oh, he makes a big deal about that. Like, there's a lot of answers yeah. in Genesis. There's more than I ever realized, and I ever keep seeing more answers uh-huh. that are right there in Genesis. But anyway, so we ju- we're talking about Eve being deceived at a tree that was in the midst of the garden called the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. And then you just happen to come across a verse in Isaiah 66 mm-hmm. that says, so Isaiah 66, verse 17 and 18, and it says, they that sanctify themselves and purify themselves in the gardens behind one tree in the midst, eating swine's flesh and the abomination and the mouth shall be consumed together, saith the Lord. For I know their works and their thoughts. It shall come that I will gather all nations and tongues and they shall come and see my glory. So this idea of forgiving sin, here we go, finding a verse that mentions a group of people that sanctify themselves Mm -hmm. and purify themselves. Mm -hmm. And they do it behind, because they're naked Mm -hmm. and they're hiding, Mm -hmm. behind one tree in the midst, which is, I believe, for sure, the same tree that Satan offered Eve fruit from. (laughs) Come on. Like, come on. It's the same tree. They're hiding behind it. Mm-hmm. And th- what are they doing? They're forgiving themselves of their own sin. Mm-hmm. And they're purifying themselves. That's religion. I mean, this is, in my opinion, when you want to talk about simple and like the simplicity that is in Christ that's mentioned in the New Testament, it says, you know, lest you be deceived as Eve was, uh, as the serpent deceived Eve, you would be, your minds would be uh, corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And this whole like religion, woo, like this huge idea because there's so many. There's the, you know, we know the groups. We're not going to call them out because we don't need to, but we know what they are. Yeah. And here we go. And I believe this little tidbit is God's little commentary on religion as a whole mm-hmm. because really what they all do in some form is sanctify their self and purify their self. Mm-hmm. And I believe. This goes all the way down to those who think they're keeping their salvation because they are yet still sanctifying themselves and purifying themselves 
in keeping what they didn't earn in the first place. I think it goes all the way to that. I really do. And so, <clears throat> here, this is the commentary. So, we're either going to sanctify and purify ourselves, or as the true gospel says, God does. Just like God clothed Adam and Eve on his own accord with his own resources, he did that, and he simply put clothes on them. Just like that, as the gospel says, that he will sanctify and purify us, himself, himself, not ourself. We don't, we don't do it ourselves. He does it. Mm-hmm. So that, that you can get into details of like all the different ways that different religions forgive sin. Some of them, a man forgives it rather than God, you know, has a power in some religions. A man can forgive your sin even after you're dead, can pray you. We can get into all that, but at the end of the day, that's what they all do. And he, God just put it in two verses. And he says, for I know their works. Mm-hmm. They might have felt good. <laughs> but God says, I know their works. Because it was their works. Even that, I know their works. Because they were working in their own strength. Rather than us being available mm-hmm. and being the branch and he's the vine... Apart from him, we can do nothing. And really, he works through us as a believer versus him saying, I know their works. Well, um, again, religion, I think religion builds you up. Makes you think that you are and that you can. Yeah. Uh, Jesus says, you can't. And I go back to the, the vine. I am the vine and you are the branches. Apart from me, you can't do anything. Yep. Uh, one, I don't remember if I was talking to you. I don't think he was, but anyway. Um, one thing I realized is you think of a branch that it's apart from the tree. Where do you usually find a branch? It's usually on the ground. On the ground. Because it broke. Yeah. Can the branch attach itself back to the tree? No way. There is no way. No way. Right? Uh, it needs to be picked up and yes. grafted, grafted back, back in, in. Which is absolutely biblical. Right? So... We can't find our way back to him. He needs to come to us. He came to us. Emmanuel, right? Yeah. God coming to us. Uh-huh. God walking, God walking among us to restore our relationship back to him. And I think of, of uh, the miracle, the, the, um, the man who couldn't walk. And they lowered him yeah. through the roof. And everybody just watching and waiting for Jesus to tell him to start walking. And boom, as usual, Jesus surprises everyone and tells him, your sins are forgiven. And they, the, the Pharisees, just go nuts. Yeah. Tell him, who does he think? 
he is. Yeah. And it's interesting that Jesus, you know, the, the Bible says he knew uh, what they were thinking in their hearts. Um, and, and then he addresses that. What is easier for me to say? Your sins are forgiven or to tell him to get up and walk? Yeah. And, and then he says, so you know that I have authority to forgive sins. And then he looked to the men, get up, and take your bed, and get out of here. Um, so he is the only one that can forgive our sins. Our attitude is, um, is the one of the, the prodigal son. That is just the perfect example of the gospel. You know, the son came to his senses after he wasted everything and realized what he had done. And he said, he, he just sucked up his pride and said, I need to go back. The only, my only hope is to go back to my father and tell him I'm sorry. And you don't have to consider me your son anymore. Yeah. Just let me, let me be with you. Yeah. Just let me be with you. Yeah. I'll work for you. Not as your son, but as your servant. And the image of this guy coming back to his house, to his home, and the father waiting. Because it said he saw him coming. Yeah. So he was waiting for him. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not like he was working, you know, doing stuff. He was out there waiting for his son to come back. And he ran to him. And and he saw him coming, and he ran. And that's even, I think that's the only time in the Bible it mentions a picture of God running. Yeah. And then, how about the brother? Oh, well, so a lot of people say the, the story's about the brother. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that take not us, about the prodigal It'll take us another 20 minutes. But yeah, there, there's more to that than there is to the... Th- Son, because what did what did the what did it say in the New Testament? He says, "I came for sinners, not the righteous." Yeah. The prodigal son is the sinner. Yeah. The brother is righteous, and Jesus says, "I did not come for the righteous, but sinners." Mm-hmm. And the brother is about a epitome of righteous, of self righteous. Oh my goodness! Is it you read that story from that angle and you're like, whoa, there's more here. Yeah, that, there's an incredible lesson there in a picture, mm-hmm. uh, the same picture that uh, that Cain had. Mm-hmm. It's really the same picture. It's just a little bit more elaborate version of, and a little bit there's more to it, mm-hmm. more descriptive. But it's and it's the same as this what we just read in Isaiah. Yeah, they that sanctify themselves and purify themselves. I know their work. Like that's the same group. It's this group of people that are trying to be good, who are who don't they don't see their own sin. How about that? Mm-hmm. They don't even recognize the fact that they are a sinner because they're self righteous. Mm-hmm. So forget the whole sin being forgiven thing on that. They don't even think they have sin that needs forgiven in the first place. And if they do, then they just take care of it themselves. I have a saying in Mexico, and I don't know if it's true or not, but we use it a lot. Uh, is the skunk? can't smell its own stench. Ooh, interesting. (laughs) 
I don't know if it's true or not. I never asked a skunk. It probably is. I haven't had an opportunity to. That's a, I bet it would say. I think, think that makes sense. He's just used to his own stench, so it's just a normal thing for yeah. if you think about it for the skunk. Yeah. I, I think that we can be like that. We don't realize yeah. how putrid we can be in yeah. our own self-righteousness. So, um, we, we still have one. We're probably going to have to leave it for another one uh, about losing your salvation. But... Uh, it kind of all ties together. It does. You know? There, there's a lot also there about losing your salvation, man. I mean, we can... We can go for a whole episode, I would think. Um, but uh, so the only the only way that we can be good is just through Jesus. And the point is not to be good. Coming to Jesus is not because he's going to make you good. He is going to make you good. But coming to Jesus is because without him, we're dead. Yeah. In our sins and transgressions. Right. And we're condemned. And because he 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 knows that we need him. Um so it's not it's not that's why we are making this emphasis. It's not a religion. It's a relationship and it is a cliche, but I think that the enemy is interested in turning it into a slogan. Yeah. And make it lose its value like he's doing with and its meaning like he's doing with so many things that we say. But even in the when I went and visited churches, I went to the Church of Scientology, mm-hmm. which they actually say they're not even a religion, but they are because they have a chapel and they do a, a whole, you know, basically sermon. And what's interesting I found in there when I went and visited them along with a lot of other churches, but they have a sign on the wall in the Church of Scientology, which really it's, that one's out there pretty far. Like we all know, we've heard enough to know, like that church is pretty bizarre. But in their building, in their chapel on the wall is the words, we believe that man is basically good. And there's a song that Luke Bryant, who I love, uh-huh. I love Luke Bryant, country singer. Uh-huh. He sings this song and it's so cool. It's like, yeah, I believe, I believe, I believe. And he says, I believe in there. I believe most people are good. And it sounds cool. Yeah. It makes you know? feel good. But it's like, I listen to him I'm like, wait a minute. Isn't that like one of the devil's best lies? I believe most people are good, right? It is yeah. definitely one of his best lies. Yeah. And it, you, when you sing the song, before you know it, you're like, I don't want to sing this song. Because yeah. I don't believe most people are good. Mm-hmm. I believe one person was good. And I believe he died for me. And I believe that's the only one that's ever been good. Because that's what the Bible says. But, you know, it's just the subtleness of all these little messages that come at us. Oh, yeah. And even in the Church of Scientology, they got to throw that up. We believe man is basically good. Well, I don't even know what that means. Uh-huh. They're, I guess, leaving room for evil. By saying basically good, I don't, I don't know. Or one individual man is basically good, but he does bad things. But anyway, it says it in there. Because even in there, the concept remains that man is good or can be good. You know, and, 
and all these songs that come out that we listen to and we don't even recognize, it's like keeps coming at us that man is good or that people are good. Well, if anything, it's proving what the Bible states that we think we're good. Yeah. In our hearts. Right. And and we're wrong, but uh, if going along with the music references back in the nineties, um, I I have I had in 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 school two friends who uh, were huge Nirvana fans, and Kurt Cobain had just passed uh, and killed himself, anyways. Uh, I don't know, a couple of years before I met them and we hung out together. And uh, there was this t-shirt a guy was uh, wearing and, and we saw it and we were fascinated by it. And it was a quote by Kurt Cobain that said, I hate myself and I want to die. Which, you know, it, wow. it's, it's um, I always, it always struck, struck me as, as this is rough. It's especially because of his situation and, and how he ended up taking his life, allegedly. Yeah. Which, that's, that's another podcast. <laughs> I'm sure there are many out there that would address that. But um, for many years, I thought, man, that's really messed up. It's messed up. And then you read the Bible and it's like, wait a minute. In the wrong context is bad. But if you bring it to your life in Christ, that's basically what Jesus tells us. We need to die to ourselves. We need to hate ourselves. Yeah. Which goes totally against culture and society right now. You need to love yourself. No. I am an awful yeah, human being. Exactly. Exactly. Full of evil, selfish desires. Amen to that. I wouldn't have gotten saved if I... That's how I got saved. Because I, I, I woke up one day basically and realized I hated myself. And I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't live up to what I thought a standard was that God was expecting of me. Mm-hmm. And I actually... I mean, my true testimony involves me saying that I came to a place where I hated myself. Mm-hmm. So yes, you're absolutely right. And the culture says, yeah, not only anything goes and truth is what you make it, but yeah, love yourself. Mm-hmm. Love, 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 peace, you know, whatever. But yes, you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. The Bible says something opposite of that. Yeah. You you go, to, again, prodigal son. He's there feeding the pigs, not even being able to eat what the pigs yeah. eat. And he says, I'm a fool. Yeah. With my dad, I had everything. And you could say he hated himself at that moment. Yeah. But he had to go like deep into this pit, this hole, uh, to realize that. Yep. And and he, like I said, he just swallowed his pride and went, went back to, to his dad. But he didn't go to his dad like, hey, dad, I'm here, your favorite son. Yeah. No. He came in humility. Yes. Which is where we have to come to God. Yes. Broken. Yes. And desperate mm-hmm. and have nothing. Mm-hmm. That's the gospel. So, quoting Kurt Cobain, but in the right context, I hate myself and I want to die to myself, to my evil desires, to my selfishness. Yes. And and let Christ live 
in me. It's interesting. That's really interesting. Hate myself gets you ready to hear the gospel mm -hmm. and accept the gospel. Mm -hmm. Once you accept the gospel, God would ultimately have you given to the place where you say, I want to die, mm -hmm. because that's where the abundant life is, mm -hmm. is after we die to ourselves, mm -hmm. surrender. So that's that's really really interesting. Not to be so. Just to be clear, we're not promoting <laughs> suicide. We are promoting a life of abundance. Yeah. in Christ because and abundance, not yeah. not wealth. This is not wealth. This is abundant abundance of life, spiritual life in Christ. Yeah, and we're not you know because religion says what they say try harder. The answer is to stop trying. That's the beauty. That's why the gospel is good news. You don't have to do it. He does it. He saves us. He does his work through us. So yes, it's not. We're not saying, you know, I hate myself, want to die, in literal sense. But it, spiritually speaking, it has a lot of truth to it when it comes to how you come to the true gospel and how it takes brokenness and humility to accept and hear. The gospel that God, that you know, that the Bible presents, versus the other gospel that says a whole different message, that has a whole different message, for sure. Romans twelve, you know this one. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Yeah, that's that idea. Sacrifice is, is you know, in the in the <laughs> Jewish context, they would kill. Yes, the sacrifice. It's dying. Yes. Yeah. So that's what we. That's what we're talking about. And that's what we're supposed to do, to, yep. to sacrifice our, our lives, but then offer it as a living sacrifice. Yeah. So that's the beauty of it. You know, you don't have to die for Christ. Some people do. And, and God has yeah. a, a purpose for that. Right. But you're will, you, the, the idea is to be willing to die for him. Yes. But in the meantime, you live for him. That's the sacrificing. It's, it's the dying every day to live for Him. Dying to yourself to live for Him. Uh, and let Him live through you. Yeah. So. He who loses his life will find it. Mm -hmm. And for my, you know, so it says, He who finds his life will lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. Yeah. Laying down our life, not physically dying, but actually experiencing life itself in the abundant life that Jesus promised. Past just the everyday that we call life. This is the land of promise, you know, that's talked about in the Old Testament. Same thing. It's all the same. It's that place of, you know, joy unspeakable, peace that passes all understanding, and and the true promise that what he wants our life to look like because it's not us for sure yeah well we're gonna stop here I think it's a good solving point for now we're, <laughs> good. we're getting there but we'll come back uh, I hope that you know this uh, paid your interest and give you some some things to think about and and again just let us know how we're doing what you think um, I think we can take it and if not we just turn the comments up <laughs> hopefully we won't get to that but uh, no we really want this to be uh, an, uh, 
something where we can have a conversation to help everyone think and not just take things as they, as they come, but be able to, to question why we believe what we believe. 